As an older brother, that story rings particularly true to my experience. My younger brother got away with everything. (laughs) This season of Lent is for us in the church a time of introspection when we take an inward look at our souls and ask ourselves how we're doing spiritually. It's a somber time to reflect on our own lives, but also on uh, Jesus' last moments as he headed to the cross. And so it's kind of a a down time for us in the church. Uh, And if you add to that, of course, uh, an election cycle with all the stuff going on with the presidential election, it can be kind of an overwhelming sense of dread and depression that can come on you. I've been thinking, uh, I guess we all have, about this, this uh, presidential election. It, it seems always to bring out the worst in our country, although this year it seems to be degenerating a little bit more than usual. The, the debates resemble schoolyard brawls more than uh, an enlightened exchange of political thought. In fact, it kind of sounds ridiculous to even think that anything enlightened happens during those debates. But there is something I've noticed on on both sides and all parties that's kind of a consistent theme underneath everything that they're communicating through their their speeches and through their debates. All of them, from whatever angle they're coming, all of those political presidential hopefuls are appealing to our sense of basic fairness as they speak. On one side... They ask if it's fair for the richest 1% to accumulate more and more of our country's wealth. On the other side, they ask if it's fair for immigrants to receive amnesty after entering the country illegally. On one side, they ask if it's fair for our tax system to privilege corporations and the wealthy. And on the other side, they ask if it's fair for successful people to pay more in taxes simply because... They are successful. You'll be relieved to know that I'm not going to argue those sides at all this morning. That's not my point, to figure out who is right or who is wrong. My point is simply to observe that both camps appeal broadly to our basic sense of what is fair. And each side promises to bring about a fair system that levels the playing field for all of us. So what I'm suggesting is that despite all the obvious bickering and the loud rhetoric and the cruel words said to each other and the very real disagreements, everyone running for president agrees that our government should be more fair. Fairness may be defined very differently depending on which candidate you're listening to, but there is no debate about the importance and value of being fair in principle. And in our daily lives, as we kind of go about living day in and day out, we also operate with sort of an innate sense of of basic fairness. Something powerful inside of us gets triggered when we feel we've been treated unfairly. It might be something as small as getting cut in front of line while you're waiting for a bagel, That might be small to you, that's a big deal for me. (laughs) Or something more significant, like watching a less 
experienced, less talented colleague get a promotion that you thought you were entitled to? Or something more personal, like living a healthy life and eating and exercising and yet discovering you still have come down with a terrible disease? This older brother and the story that Leslie read for us <coughs> excuse me, seemed to have a very strong feeling of betrayal at the perceived unfairness of his father and the way he treated his younger brother. Serving faithfully beside his father for years, he watched his younger sibling claim his inheritance, run off and squander it foolishly. While that younger brother was off spending money, living large, enjoying life with his father's money, the older brother just toiled away faithfully, working in the family business dutifully alongside his father, as was expected of him. So when the younger brother returns, broke and desperate, throwing himself on the mercy of his father, the older brother naturally expects some version of justice. There are consequences for these kinds of actions. You can't just walk back in here and expect things to be like they were before. You have wasted what was yours. But instead, he stumbles into a party. A grand celebration welcoming the younger son back into the family. But how can that be? I have stayed here, and I've worked diligently, and I've worked hard. I did not go off and waste my inheritance. Where is my party? I suspect that one of our current presidential candidates could exploit this very human appeal to fairness. Such a person might make a campaign promise to hold accountable those who squander their inheritances by requiring them to do forced labor. Another candidate might restrict a father's capacity to pass on his inheritance before he has died. Yet another candidate might offer to reward loyal, hardworking sons with annual parties, recognizing their good efforts. But it's good to recall, of course, that this isn't a story about uh, our presidential candidates. It isn't even a story about what's right or what's wrong or what's fair or what's unfair. And it isn't even a story about you or about me, whether we identify with the, the prodigal son or the, the loyal son. This is, first of all, a story about our God. And it's about God's radical and passionate commitment to restoration, to healing, to wholeness. For most of us, I suspect that the truth of our lives, the full truth of our lives, is that at one point or another, we find ourselves on, on either side of the, the fairness equation. We've received rewards and benefits that we clearly didn't earn. We, we found ourselves ahead in the line for no discernible reason. And likewise, at other times, 
we've been the overlooked, hardworking one. The one who builds resentment toward those who seem to have life easier than us. We are both the prodigal and the, the dutiful. And so our place in this story might change depending on our current life circumstance and where we may find ourselves in any given moment. But God's role in this story doesn't waver at all. Whichever son we might associate ourselves with, God welcomes us, loves us, and celebrates us. Whatever we've done with our inheritance, God embraces us. If we have faithfully followed in the way of Christ all of our days, God is happy to have us in God's home. And if we have foolishly squandered our lives away in selfish manner, God is happy to welcome us home. Now we could conclude from that, from this God's actions, that that God just isn't fair. That's what we say generally in life when things don't seem to go our way and and we complain to our friends about some injustice in our lives, they they turn to us and they say, life isn't fair. My parents would say that to me when I pointed out that their parenting seemed a little arbitrary at times. (laughs) Life isn't fair. But if you look at this story, the, the father in this story is in fact quite fair. At the end, he says to the older son, you've always been with me. Everything I have is already yours. That's more than fair, isn't it? And that's how he treated that older son, more than fair. He simply chose to also be very generous and merciful toward that younger brother. In other words, at God's worst, God is fair. On a really bad day for God, God is fair. But usually God is much more than fair. God is generous. God is compassionate. Our sense of fairness sometimes gets tested by this extravagant generosity of our God. But it is good for us to remember God's agenda. God is relentlessly pursuing our wholeness, our reconciliation to each other. God is determined to get our healing done, no matter how long it takes, no matter how much compassion God must extend to us, no matter how many times God has to forgive us. God will welcome us back again and again until God gets all of our healing done. As this season of Lent continues along and we begin to to narrow our focus in on the events of Holy Week and the last moments of Jesus' life and that drama that we rehearse, we might recall or think that from 
from one perspective, what happens to Jesus in that story is just plain not fair. He was just a guy trying to help people. He wanted to heal people. He loved and cared for people. But he ends up on a cross, convicted on a whim, guilty of nothing, an innocent man paying an unfair penalty for crimes he didn't commit. Nothing about that seems fair. But from another perspective, that story of ours, we can see there that this was God just being extravagantly generous once again, offering his own life in order to bring us all home. Maybe on the cross we might see the the outstretched arms of our loving Father racing towards us, welcoming us home, whatever the cost. Maybe on the cross we could see the love of God poured out freely like the the best wine at an undeserved homecoming party. And perhaps as we think about how we live our days and our hours, we can begin to let go of those notions of fairness in order to make room in our hearts for the kind of unmerited mercy and generous love that God has always shown towards us. Amen.